It's recording. Hey. <laughs> My name's Hannah. And I'm Chelsea. And we're glad you're here. No! <laughs> We already hate ourselves more than oh, we did 35 yeah. seconds ago. Okay. So the name of this podcast is It's Just a Simulation. Chelsea, why did we name it that? Is That's life. It's just a simulation. A simulation. A simulation is what I said. A simulation. <laughs> <laughs> so a s- the definition of assimilation is um, conforming to culture. Assimilation. Yeah, is what you said. Yeah, it's a simulation. First of all. <laughs> so in case you're wondering how to pronounce um, the podcast, is it's just a simulation. That's how you say it. But if you say it fast, it might sound like a simulation, which is wrong. Anyways, why we call it that? It's because that is life. It is just a simulation. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Uh, so we did this podcast, uh, if you read the description, it's basically just because we can feel like things are really overwhelming, that this world is all there is to offer, that there's nothing better coming, but I to comfort you that it's just a simulation, and the reality is actually heaven, not what's happening right now. You have anything to say about that? Yeah. A very lighthearted example is we're idiots, and it makes us feel better for all the stupid things we do. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, if it's that's not to say that things don't really matter, but it is to say that if, if if all of time is only happening one time, bear with us. This is how we think about it. If the beginning of the world God created, and then the world is obviously going to end, then everything can only ever happen one way because there's only ever one universe facts so it helps us feel like god is sovereign when we realize that we're like just looking at the way things turn out and we're not in control of them yeah straight up so thanks (laughs) we actually don't know what to say we didn't plan anything but i guess at least now you know why the title is the way it is so we probably won't make an instagram but uh or a patreon yeah, if you want to support us on uh, patreon.com slash it's just a simulation and make a generous donation of $7,000, we won't complain. So, bear with me. Okay, fans, we're, we are bearing with one another. We are bearing with crappy audio because no one has given us a $7,000 donation on Patreon. So, we are using a Love's Financial Work From Home headset. And it looks like a gaming headset from 2004. Um, anyways, so also we're bearing with our sweet sister Chelsea, who hates talking into a microphone. So anyways, obviously the podcast is about God being sovereign, time obviously being uh, man-made, but also being God-made. But it's saying like everything's going to happen one way. We already said that. So If God's sovereign, then it is just a simulation. That means that reality is heavenly and not earthly. And also, it means that we can't control any of the crap that's going down. So, if God's in control of all the crap that's going down, why do you think that makes people mad, Chelsea? 
I mean, it's a giving up of control, which that alone is difficult. So I do believe that part part of accepting the sovereignty of God is is a dying to the self, and no one likes that. It hurts. Facts. So that's I feel like the main the main thing it's dying to. And we also feel like it's like our like we have the gauge for what God is allowed and not allowed to do. So like God's allowed to do it if I like it. But if he does something I don't like, then he's not allowed. So, like, we like to say God is sovereign until something comes around like suffering and someone's suffering and we're like, God wouldn't do that to you or that's not God's will for your life or, like, God didn't do that. It's like, well, then who's calling the shots or, like, who's pulling the strings? Because I've had people say that to me before and I kind of just want to say, so is God just letting, like, Satan rule my life then? You know, like, if God forfeits his authority which is what you're saying in that statement then then i don't want any like i don't want somebody else to be an authority in those situations i feel like when you look at someone who's experienced something like a tragedy like that if someone were to come and say well god doesn't do that to me in a tragedy like that it you just left me no hope i have absolutely no hope because if a sovereign God is not the one calling the shots here, then I'm screwed, basically. So I think, like, um, it honestly strips people of, of any hope there is. Because, it, I mean, Elizabeth Elliot says it, there's purpose in my, in my suffering, there's purpose in my pain. Without a sovereign God intentionally um, ordaining those things, then there's absolutely no purpose. Your your suffering was meaningless. And yeah, that's, for that's real. Incredibly- or if it's like say if it's Satan doing it, Satan's whole point is to steal, kill, and destroy from me. So if we're gonna say like that's not God, God wouldn't do that. It's like oh well, the only other person who's got some kind of supernatural control is the devil, and if de- the devil's doing it, well, that's of no comfort to me because he just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But if a sovereign and wise and loving God is doing it, then I can rest. I can go to sleep with peace that night because I know that the man who loves me, who cares for me, gave himself up for me, and who's more wise than I'll ever be, did it. So, like, I can be okay with whatever happened, regardless of how brutal it was. But I think Chelsea's right. It's pride. You want to say that I get to decide when God is and isn't in control based on what makes me feel good or what makes me feel better. Well, it's interesting because we don't do that with any other of his characteristics, like we don't say, oh, God is partially loving or God is partially kind. Um, so I do believe it does. It, I mean, it has to do with pride and the aspect that we're just unwilling to accept that p- part of him because he's either, there's no partial, he's not partially sovereign. It's He's not sovereign at all or he is sovereign. And if you tell me that God of the Bible is not sovereign, then you and I do not serve the same God. Yeah. So, And he's not partially anything. So, like, he is the essence of all adjectives. You know, like, if he's, like, if we're going to say he's, he's loving, like, he is love, and he is, um, he is wrath, and he is justice, and he is sovereignty. So, like, like, she's right. Like, we say that, and then we say, well, he's in control but he's just kind of like sometimes he takes the hands off. Sometimes he does put them on. Sometimes he just like lets things move and interchange and all that stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, you're putting man in the driver's seat with that argument to say like 
God's only doing things based off of what humans are deciding to do. And it's like, okay, so then you're saying humans are in control. And God just acts based upon the decisions of humans. Like, that literally makes God not even who he is anymore when you say that. I feel like um, we talk about it really often as well. And that's just that if God is not sovereign, then I'm falling to my knees pleading with the Lord for no reason at all. You know, if he's Mm -hmm. not a sovereign God, then why do I fall to my knees every day and plead with with the Lord? Why do I do that? Why do I ask him to save my nieces? Why do I ask him to to guard my my family members from from sin and and to um, why do I ask him to heal my grandpa from cancer? I ask him that because he's the one who can if he's willing. And so if he's not sovereign, I've only wasted my time doing that. Prayer is a waste of time if he's not a sovereign God. Mm. And we're all screwed if he's not too. Like I always, I always find it funny. It's like, um, you can say whatever you want from a doctrinal standpoint. Like if we're having a conversation and you want to say like, um, I believe God is sovereign in this way only, or I don't believe he's sovereign all the time. You can say whatever you want, but we say it all the time. The second you hit your knees, you're addressing that God is sovereign over all things. Anybody, the second that they start praying, whether that's like praying for a lost person to be saved, like she was saying, praying for someone to be healed, praying for strength, praying for your own ability to like abstain from sin. Like the second you start that conversation with the Lord, you are saying in your heart, God is sovereign and he's sovereign over this and he's sovereign over everything or else who else am I going to ask? Like who else am I going to go to? Um, but that's like the point behind the podcast. Like we say it to each other and it really is a joke. That's just a simulation. Like we're obviously not saying that God's got us all in a video game, but what we are saying is like when things go to crap, like for lack of a better term, I can say like, it was only ever going to happen this way. Like God, God ordained this and I can walk in it joyfully, even if it sucks because the God who loves me and died for me ordained it. And he has said, I'm providing the grace for you to walk in that. I'm not just like, I I didn't just let Satan loose to like torment your life. Like I am calling the shots. I am pulling the strings. And I don't want anybody else to be pulling the strings. Like, it's not good news. It's the sweetest, in my opinion, the sweetest like characteristic of Christ is that is his sovereignty. It's what allows us to lay our head peacefully at night, every single night. And honestly, it's sometimes the only thing that makes me want to wake up the next morning because I know, hey, I mean, we've said it a thousand times. He calls the shots. He calls the shots, and that's why, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna do the next best thing, and I'm gonna fight to make it through the day. Sometimes, you know, and so, um, and there's that hope in that. And why would we even like? Why would we? We say this too. Why would you even share the gospel if you don't serve a sovereign God? Because if you've ever had a conversation with a lost person who just doesn't desire to um, be a Christian, you see the hopelessness in trying to convince them of their depravity, you know, like, or trying to convince them how much they need a savior, how much they're a sinner. Like you cannot convince a lost person of that. But if we serve a sovereign God who has said, Hey, I have signed, sealed and delivered the means of the gospel to save sinners. And I'm ordering my subjects to go tell people about that and I will save people through that, then all of my doubts, questions, and issues about sharing the gospel are now taken away because God has promised to bring people to himself through the gospel. 
And so in his sovereignty, I have that confidence. But in every tribe, tongue, nation. And so that's why we go to the uttermost. Because, I mean, like you said, I, I can be, I can rest assured that in this people group, there's at least one. You know, there's mm-hmm. at least one that will hear and believe um, this gospel. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just, that's why we tell There's no hope in sharing. Like, I'm not going to go, like, genuinely, I wouldn't give a penny for a gospel with a God who wasn't in control, you know, and like, I'm not even going to go and share and, you know, risk rejection, rejection, reputation, whatever, feeling stupid for a God who has not promised that, that his gospel will save. So like, if he has promised that, then he is in control of that. I don't have to worry about convincing the man in front of me to believe what I'm saying, because I've got a sovereign God on my side who says, I will call my people to myself and that, like, there's hope in that. There's only hope in a God who is sovereign, who's running this whole ship. If I said ship, let me just be clear. <laughs> running this whole thing, you know, like, if if that God does not exist, then, I'm, then I can just throw my Bible away. Because everything that he has said from Genesis to Revelation has been fulfilled. And that only happens if he's the one calling the shots. Absolutely. I feel... Um... I feel like most of the arguments that people will will uh, will use is just okay. Well, what about my family members? Are you telling me that my my sister or my brother or my mother or my father they're not in the elect of God? You know, it becomes and I and I understand that and and the aspect like it's it's a scary thing to think about, but at the same time, Christ has given us again this gospel and He's given us prayer. And why on earth does a sovereign and a holy God? use our prayers to accomplish his will. I will never be able to answer that, but he does. And I'm thankful. And we, I've mentioned it before, but the story of Moses, like the Lord was prepared to completely destroy the Israelites. And because Moses went on behalf of them and asked the Lord to show mercy, he showed mercy. Mm -hmm. And I do believe had Moses not begged and pleaded with the Lord, he would have destroyed the Israelites. And so Mm -hmm. I, and so I do believe that he uses our prayers as a means to accomplish that will. And I do believe he uses our prayers as a means to save some. And so if we were to fall to our knees every day, praying for that brother, that sister, that mother, that father, who does not know the Lord as much as we sat around worrying about whether they're in the elect or not, I believe we would probably be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that, that's, um, I, and that is something that I do understand. It's a serious, it's a serious fear. And so I'm not at all trying to diminish that, you know, that fear that some might have when the topic of, the sovereignty of God comes up, but rest assured you have the greatest power in your hands. That's to fall to your knees in, hu- in mm-hmm. humility and beg and plead with the God who can save them mm-hmm. or else you are, you're going to be falling to your knees, pleading with a group of people who will never accept Christ apart from his work of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And same with Abraham, like lot and lot lived in a city of Sodom and Gomorrah and God was going to destroy the whole city. And Abraham's begging, you know, for his nephew to not be destroyed. And so he keeps saying, what if you find like 50 righteous people? Well, what if you find, and he keeps lowering the number. And God says he will spare Lot because of Abraham pleading for Lot. Like, and if you read the story, like Lot was not a righteous man, like not by any stretch of the imagination. He did not have, have it going on. But because of Abraham's prayers on behalf of Lot, Lot was Lot was counted righteous and spared, and the city of Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. So, like she was saying, like you have, 
you have these issues, I guess we have issues in our heart of God's sovereignty of like, I don't want God to be sovereign because I'm unhappy with certain circumstances, but God's ability to save who he saves and do what he does is wrapped up in his Godhead. We like, we don't get to ask, we don't get to argue, you know, we don't get to like throw our feelings in there. He is God. He sits in the heavens and does as he pleases as the scripture says. So like, me not being God and then trying to say that I get to decide when I like or when I don't like when God is calling the shots is like what we said at the beginning, straight out of pride, like which we all do and we've all been guilty of thinking that. But like we it's just a lack of a realization that God is holy and that I, like if we were standing before God, we would not find any right to ask him a thing, you know, like I'm sure there are things that bother us that we pray for. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but like we, we just have a lot of arrogance to think God just, or just to even say, God wouldn't do that. And it's like, actually he sits in the heavens and he does as he pleases. And that's in his Godhead. He is God. If he wiped us all out tomorrow, like he did in the flood, he would be just and righteous to do so. Is it's a matter of it's a matter of humility. If we truly understood our nature without Christ and understood, you know, what we deserved as sinners who have offended a holy God, then the 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 fact that God is sovereign wouldn't be so difficult for us to accept. Mm-hmm. In fact, it would only it would ultimately expand upon His grace and the aspect that wow, you are a sovereign God. I am deserving of your wrath and your wrath only, but you have sent your son, Jesus Christ to hang on a cross and Mm -hmm. to conquer my sin and conquer death. And through that, I will, I can confidently say, I will never know your wrath. Praise, Mm -hmm. praise be to God. I will never know his wrath. And that's because he sovereignly planned that from the very beginning. And he sovereignly chose me. And it's, I, I truly believe his sovereignty just, expands upon his grace all the more Mm -hmm. and if we really understood his sovereignty how much sweeter his grace would be to Mm -hmm. us or even just understood the the depths of our own sin like you have we just went over in our small group a couple weeks ago of, of the gentile woman who like comes to jesus and she wants healing for her daughter and he essentially says because she's a gentile they call gentiles dogs he essentially says don't take food from the children and give it to the dog. So he's like, I came, he's essentially saying, I came for the Jews and for Israel first. And like the gospel gets to the Gentiles eventually, but um, God had sovereignly separated the Jews to receive the gospel first and the Gentiles get it next. And she pushes through that. She does not get offended by what Christ says. She doesn't say like, I cannot believe he would call me a dog and walks away. She says, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs. And so it's like, she, she understood him as master. She understood him as Lord. She understood herself as a dog. And she pushed back to God to say, like, I want to be a part of whatever you've got and I'll take the crumbs. And I feel like you read a message, you read a, a s- story like that in scripture of a woman who's not even like in the people of God at this point, who is okay with like her lowly state to say, like, I don't have the right. But, but I would like to be a part of this. And I feel like we do not approach God in that way. And when we approach him with arrogance, like we were talking about, then we put contingencies on what he is and isn't allowed to do. 
And it's just like, it, it is just sad when you think about it. Like when you've got a girl who doesn't even know much about the scriptures and like does is not guaranteed the promises of God. And she knows that and she's okay with it. And yet we think that we are owed the promises of God or we are owed salvation. And so that it is like, it makes the grace sweeter to say like, I will never face punishment for the depths of my sin and I should, but I won't. And like that alone should silence me to say, okay, no more questions. I'll, I'll just obey that guy because he's paying my debt. But I think that's all we got for this time. We'll come up with something more structured next time. But, uh, all right. See ya. <laughs>